For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We are back once again, guys. I am Joshua Fisher, along with Alexander Disopolis, Nicholas Snackscrider, and the Quan Cosby. This is the Horns Up podcast, Talking Texas. So get your horns up, because here we go. We are back after a long weekend. We needed to take the Monday for a little breath. Quan pouted. Nick screamed. 100%. I cried. Toss cried harder. He almost shaved his head again, but he talked himself off the ledge. And here he is, Curly Sue with the backwards hat looking fresh. We do have a special guest, and we are more pumped than we could be sad to have him on. One of the best defensive players we've seen at UT since we've been there. One of the highest recruits too in Indy right now, an NFL pick. We got Malik Jefferson joining the boys. Malik, how you doing, man? Great. Can't complain. Uh, it's life we're alive with breathing. So true blessing. True blessing. Malik, you said you watched the game with Sam in the training room, right? I did. I did. Uh, well, we have, so actually it's Sam, myself, one of the trainers that was working there. Um, at the time at Texas and he's at Indy now uh, his name is Brian and uh, we were all sitting there watching we were like right before practice because we had practice uh, before the because we had like a we have a Monday night game and so we practiced yeah. back a day and so we practiced on Saturday and we were like man right before practice no worries we were hyped at practice <laughs> practicing hard going everything going good we get out it's the third quarter, still Texas is up 38-20. And then after that, we're just complete meltdown. I was just like, <laughs> I don't understand. So hey, is Marcus not there anymore? Marcus isn't there. He's at Tennessee. He's at Tennessee. Oh, gotcha. He had a big game this week, too. He had some some big catches. Yeah, Marcus, Marcus has always been a good player. Yeah, yeah man. Good for him, bro. Man, that, that's wild. Uh that that game. I think you described it pretty good. Pretty hype. On cloud nine, first true true game as a fan and not working it and all that. Oh wow! Yeah, man, I was in the stands. It was cool. Some people like to sideline it. I guess occasionally I will, but I, I wanted I wanted to be up there with the, with the people. Yeah, yeah, man. And it was so live, like it was the loudest I've ever heard Texas people. I said it, that it was, too to Nick. It was insane and then we were all on mute <laughs> all right, how it goes man that's that's the loudest game you ever i know quan for you like probably the same thing it's the loudest game I've ever played in because it's consistent there's yeah offense and deep like anytime your office defense on the sideline getting adjustments it's loud because 
one side is cheering and the same <laughs> the next side is cheering for the defense. So it's just like you're never going to get peace in that place. <laughs> no, man. One of my buddies I was with said, man, and it was his first time being there too. He said, uh, I've never heard somebody cheer so loud and passionately about a three yard gain. I mean, it's just everything is so emotional. And, uh, and and it was that, and it lived up to that. I'm telling you, it honestly lived up to everything on the planet outside of our team not winning. You know, it, it really was. Uh, to many people who didn't have a dog in the fight, I got so many texts saying, I'm sorry, but that was the best game ever. And I was like, no, it I'm wasn't. sorry, but no, it was not. That was it. Like I got to ask both you guys as, as former players, when you hear a crowd go so crazy, obviously it juices you up, but there was a time when the Texas fans got really, really quiet. When things start not to go our way, the team feels that, right? I mean, you guys feel that on the sideline and, and how do you respond to that when there's no one making any noise? I don't, I don't know. I, see, in my games, we, um, they weren't like that. Our games, we were normally down and we came back. The one time we did win, we were up majority of the game, but it was still close. Blowing a 21-point lead, we never had that. And I don't think I would even allow that to happen. And that's nothing against the players that are playing now. It's just I would, like, do something to make sure that we don't blow this lead. I don't care if we got a blitz every play we're gonna do something and make sure you don't blow this lead you know what i'm saying well you're gonna stop the bleed <laughs> you're gonna yeah. stop the bleed i'm not gonna just let these people come back and and win this game on us i'm gonna try to do something i'm not saying i'm not saying anything about these guys playing that played currently this year that they didn't do enough i'm just saying like my attitude would have changed even if the crowd was into it because i would have been focusing on okay now i need to take care of business now i need to think about everything else that's not that doesn't have anything to do with me like the crowd the fans they're not there. Like me playing this this play right now, that's what's important. And I think that if guys, if the players are thinking that, that's, that's tough because I would never kind of have that mindset. So, well, and the thing about it too, that it's not ever quiet in that stadium. So even though Texas is not cheering you on, that means that other side is insanely crunk and crazy and fired yeah. up. So me personally, to to Malik's point. I know that's not my 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 crew, but it's still every bit of a crazy crowd that actually still juices me up because I'm cool with the, the fans yelling. Regardless, they sound the same for the most part, especially in that game. They just cheering on when somebody else does something. So making them shut up and 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 get back to to the burnt orange side screaming would have been certainly my goal and and. Yeah, we we certainly. And, and by the way, if you think about the fourth quarter, that's when we went to the hostile side. And so they were certainly screaming and they were loud. So uh, give them a reason, give them a reason to shut up and try to get to that other end. It's, it's, I think would have been my mindset, too. Speaking of people who were in the, in the stands, this is a question I had for Josh when we we're sitting there. There was a lot of recruits in the stands and both you guys were highly recruited. What kind of what does it mean for a recruit being there and how does it affect their decision-making process, do you think, when they look at this game? I mean, what are some of the things you take away from a recruiting lens? I, I couldn't say that it would be my decision. You know, it's more like, okay, this is an experience once out of every season, but this is not my daily experience at a university or 
for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't yeah, sure. determine. That'd be very immature. You know, most kids are immature nowadays. It's ridiculous. <laughs> they will base that off of one game. Oh, my God. Oh, he's better than Texas. Oh, that's for one year. <laughs> like, yeah. you're going to be a part of that program, and everything may go downhill at that point, or your coach may leave, or so many different variables. So you got to think more than just one game and one atmosphere. Like I, I definitely would. Either team, I wouldn't – like, I was recruited by both. So I wasn't – when I did go to the game, I was never – like saying, oh, whoever wins is going to be my – like, if you feel that way, then you should probably reconsider your recruitment. Oh, for you sure. Might, you might as well just it, flip a coin, right? Yeah, like, that's exactly right. Because 10 out of 10 times, like, you're going to be recruited. If you're recruited by Texas, you're going to be recruited by OU. If you're recruited by OU, you're going to be recruited by Texas. And so this game, and you may or may, or may not be leaning to a certain school way before this game, it shouldn't be, oh, well, I was thinking Texas, but since OU came back, I'm going to go to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to, you know, OU now. And because if, if you know anything about this game, especially if you're in this state, you know, this game can go any way, any year, any, you know, crazy. Yeah. And by the way, because th- this game is in Dallas, that's not Austin or Norman. <laughs> you know what I mean, that's where you're going to spend most of your time is in those cities. And so th- this game and most of the time, at least from us, although we did have an option one time, if we won, we could stay in Dallas. Most of the time, you're jumping back on the plane and going back to your cities anyway. I wish we would have did that. that oh, that, dude, it was so loud. I'm from Dallas. Oh, God. my God. <laughs> Mesquite, baby. That would have been sweet. Y'all have yeah, to go no, back, we, Malik? Yeah, we have to go back every time. Damn. Yeah, see, see. Coach, one time we won, I was like, Coach, can we stay? Like, we don't have nothing else to do. Come on. <laughs> go ahead and get us another oh, hotel night. Hey. Let's yeah, go. and it was an early game, and everybody was live. We stayed for the parties. Um, and, and so it was, uh, it, it was that, that's, that's kind of that perspective. You, you're going back home, you know? So, it, and, and then, the, it, cause I know a lot of that was talked about, I guess there's like so many recruits there. Those recruit, I think what helps, if anything, it narrows your kind of perspective down. If you, if you got both of them as in your top five, your top three, like, man, this is why I want to go to one of these schools because okay, that's this game point. is that cool. Like yeah. Yeah, to be a part of this, I've heard about it. Game day was there. All of that. I want to be a part of this game versus I'm going to pick this school or that school because because I'm the type when I went, when I chose Texas, they were 0 and 5. And I was like, really? I want to be a part of that change. I want to go whoop them in that. You know, and so it was. It was like you're agreeing there, man. Yeah, because okay. I went to Texas when we're nothing like yeah we were talking bad about him every week and it just wasn't ideal to go to texas yeah i also remember malik like in your recruiting process you were such a leader to other recruits too like you were banding together a bunch of guys trying to inspire them to be part of this change revolution yeah. you know it was, it was big for me and i i just think that i'm pretty sure we're getting a topic later about like my further development as i've gone in the league and stuff but i think that it had every opportunity for us to be great. We just too much outside noise. Yeah. A lot, a lot of outside noise. And that's why I want to emphasize later. If we just let coach coach, let them take the reins of these guys, earn their trust and coach. You know, it's funny. I talk about so much of that and the dysfunction of a lot of things going on on campus that matters, man. It really does. And 
and and you were there with Charlie, you were there with Tom in our new regime and my other jobs and roles. I'm so big. We, we were so fortunate in a lot of ways. Sure, we won a lot of games or whatever, but our three headed monster was Powers, the loss, Coach Brown. They were always on the same page. And huh? Hey, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah and, and, and yeah, to, Brown, it brought me to a point. No, and, and to to add to it is, if there was some out noise, outside noise, they came together and they, they they stopped that together in whatever role it may be. But they let everybody kind of do their role, and they were synergistic in making sure everything, especially from our standpoint went the way it did and and we were supported and they were supported and and just all of that people just don't understand that how big that is and at a place like texas it can be even more exaggerated that was my whole spiel about being an athlete at texas that's the only negative part the biggest negative but it, it was like a negative but it was the negative if anything going there it it was just it wasn't real. Like we're freaking 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Sometimes you get older guys, but we don't understand none of that. <laughs> we're, yeah. just, we're confused when they when they mention it on social media or asking you in the meeting. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it's different, man. And you know what's crazy about that? When I went to Texas, because Brown talked about it, he said, Man, I'm telling you, you have NFL level, Yankees level. I mean, you go to a presser. And now when I started doing a lot of the, the radio stuff before, I'd go to these other <laughs> stadiums and stuff. And, I mean, you you have four cameras on, on, a, on a good day. Bro, you go to our – Sark's Monday presser, he has five internet sites. Um, somebody from Clean and, and Waco and – 10 from Austin and San Antonio. I mean, it is truly like a, and by the way, when you win it, that is glorious. They the best questions and all of that. But when things aren't where they, you know, people say they should be, it's a pain, man. And, and, and nowadays too, drama sells. So it's just, it's a very different media base than it was a ways back. But Sark seems to be handling it pretty de decent. And, and I think administratively, we are, we, we're in a real, no, I'll take that back. I know administratively, especially at the president level, they have like, all right, let them be who they are and do what they do. And we'll handle a lot of the other noise that you unfortunately have to deal with that we haven't even talked about. We know what the kids had to deal with last year. Come on, man. It was crazy, you know, being a part of that committee. So yeah. that stuff serves as a crazy distraction, but oh yeah, no, just you know, just y'all go play, y'all go play ball, y'all go worry about this piece of it. Come on, so uh, hopefully that's that's now getting back to where it's died down, and and everybody can focus on being a student athlete and taking care of business in that way. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe, maybe a way to describe it, Quan, would be complimentary administration in the same way that we're always asking for complimentary football, and how that yields prosperity on, on both sides of the ball, just like it would for the athletics program and for the rest of the university, right? With that, that's my segue into back on the field stuff for the game. <laughs> Quan, we, we were texting you before and 
Josh, I, I think it's best if you bring it up because you're the one that said it and try I'll, and use the I'll same die, framing. I'll die on the hill. I don't care. Look, come Q, on. I want to hear it. Q, you and I have been boys for months. We've got we've agreed on everything. It was we were bound to disagree on something. Look, yeah. there's I think, first of all, a lot of like maybe just fan perception and watching the game from the stands perception, which is like why we ask you the recruiting question, Malik. Because in the fans' mind, the fans are going, oh, no, the recruits are going to leave. And you guys are like, no, like if I'm deciding based off one game, I'm, I'm out of, you don't belong there almost. Like, it's not like a part of it. But we're sitting there, and maybe my, maybe looking hindsight 2020, my phraseology was not the best. But I said <laughs> to Q today, are we, did we possibly score too quickly for our defense? And look, I know we got to get points, but our defense – it's just a lot. Time. Nick and I are talking time of possession. We talk time of possession, and that caught up to us. And maybe it was a tempo issue because the turning point for me in the game was, yeah, the third down was nuts when they convert on that. The fourth down run for a 60-yard touchdown by the quarterback. But the biggest turning point in the game for me was when we were backed in our own end zone. Instead of running it with our Heisman caliber running back, he throws it three times and takes a four-down possession in less than a minute. So I felt that we score too quickly or move too quickly and that gassed our defense is that a valid is that is there any validity to that like <laughs> as i think it, it, <laughs> it all it all it, it's all within perspective so when you put it like that it's a little bit different especially okay. that's why <laughs> listeners that's why text is so funny because that that comes off very different than do we score too quick and i'm sitting here going well let me see if we block a punt and we get it at the three yard line should we kneel twice so we run a little you know, time <laughs> off the clock? So, so that, no, hell no, we can score. <laughs> yeah. and, and then I, I said to him, I said, let me see. Hey, offense, y'all really need to do better because y'all scored 48 points too fast. And when you put it like that, you're like, no, no. So ultimately, I think we talked about it in a com- complimentary ball. Um, I, I think the circumstances were very different. So the scenario you're talking about, momentum has shifted. Things were going crazy. They were teeing off on, you know, their D line was already a string and we were on the hostile side and, and, and the grades show that it was a struggle bus for, for the line at that point who was fairly worn out. But ultimately if you score 48 points, I just feel like you should win the game, you know? And, and that's, that's what we're out. I'll, I'll, I'll down that sword because that's a lot of points, even in today's game. Um, because at the end of the day, another piece to kind of counter that is, we, hey Malik, you said you got back. We're still up thirty-eight twenty. Guess what? Oklahoma scored really fast after that. <laughs> like they had to. They had one True. one quarter to True. score that fast, and they put up thirty-five or whatever. Um, you know, to 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 win the game. So did they score too fast? No. But what happened was after they scored, we made some mistakes. We didn't help ourselves. Uh, their defense started being lights out. So I, I, that's where the kind of the comp I, I get where some fans and some friends, some we all talk about it, but it's just the flow of football is just so crazy. And, and I don't think there's such a thing. The, the elephant in the room is if you score 48 points, you should win the game. And and then that's that, that's that's what I think it, it truly is. And, and why I was like, no, 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 no. There's not too, too fast. Um, you know, now you hope. Let's be real. They scored 38 in the first half. You hope that continues and you turn that into, you know, 60 70. points, which 70, <laughs> 70, you know, really. And unfortunately, so we get versus tech. We start seeing certain levels of the leak 
because Tech had a good fourth quarter. I think we're, I was doing some stats. We've been minus eight in the fourth quarter in scoring. So we certainly have to fix that piece of it. 50 some plus 51 in the first, minus eight in the fourth. That's what needs, we just need to score in general at that point, not so much fast or slow. Now, when we tied it up, that didn't take that long either, but it was just kind of the flow of the game that got a little crazy. And Malik, you got the defensive side of it. I would love to hear your perspective on the offense going fast or, you know, 48. You just got to, I don't know, in my my opinion, you got to figure it out. Keep Keep your foot on the neck. That's that's it. You got to yeah. keep falling blisses. You got to keep playing coverage. You got to you got to play aggressive. Like you, if you give them any air to breathe, for example, if y'all watched the Monday Night Football last night. Oh, yeah. We we're beating them 25 and 25 to nine or whatever. They came back in one quarter, scored a two point, blocked the field goal. Like that is prime example of like you have to keep your foot. In, and, and I hate to give any like feedback, but. Carson said it best. He's like, you got to keep our foot in their necks. Like, you, you can't let people breathe. And you can't. That's the truth. Yeah. If people get momentum, they find loopholes, they find things and people to attack, and they take advantage of it. Yeah. That's how this game of football works. Like, but to be a great elite, it has to be 24-7. You have to give 24-7 effort. You have to, you have to be passionate about it. And you got to want to win, not to lose. Play to win. And I think that is most of the people's problem is they get fearful, try to do clock management, try to do whatever they can instead of just keeping their foot on the gas, throwing deep ball. Like they had nothing to lose. Oklahoma had nothing to lose. Think about it. It was they were down 18 or whatever they were, chunking the ball. Yeah. Two prayers. And the guy would push off or whatever, but it's football. I mean, the rest not gonna call everything. Mm-hmm. Right. You gotta play aggressive. You gotta stay on top. You gotta, you gotta try to fight for the ball. Like. You have to blitz, you bro. P.I. Just don't let him cut. Don't let him catch a touchdown. Exactly. Take that fifteen yard penalty because again, at that point, the clock is still running. And we get another chance. You get another chance. Yeah. Don't, don't let them like, catch yeah, a touchdown. If you feel like they're playing aggressive, like I, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm. I don't care if a corner is like if situations like that where he's out leveraged or out beat and he has to hold or has to grab. Hey man, you gave us another chance to go. Try to stop him. And they can fumble the snap the next play. <laughs> you, you have a chance. Well, any or the quarterback could throw a pick. I mean, like that, you're I think like you're alluding to Malik. Anything could happen in a matter of seconds. We're up 14 points in under two minutes out of craziness. And they un- unload a bunch of craziness on their end. There's so many different plays that could happen in, in the course of a game, and there's so many different outcomes. Like we're sitting there, hey, what if he fumbles a snap? Boom, he fumbles a snap. I mean, it block, block field goals, block punts. Yeah, I mean, just kind of taking that penalty and you know, giving yourself another li- give yourself more life is would have been great, but unfortunately, you know, that wasn't the case. Um in the NFL, though, how, how have you been adjusting your game? Uh, Nick mentioned you were a leader in recruitment. You were a leader when we were there at Texas. Uh, how are you still translating your leadership abilities on the team uh, in Indy? And, yeah, how have you been making some adjustments um, to get back on the field? Oh, man, it's, uh, it's been a whirlwind of emotions for me in the league. And, oh, man, I'm just so grateful for everything I've been through. You know, you, in my position, you'd be like, man, why are you not, you know. Everybody always asks the question, like, what's going on with you and stuff like that. And, mm. Uh, it's kind of good to kind of express that. You know, my first year, I just, I didn't know, I wasn't developed, honestly. And I can say that now that I wasn't truly developed as a linebacker that could play in the NFL. 
it was mostly raw athleticism that got me through most of these things. And it wasn't like my play was bad at all, but it's just up here. It's completely different. You have to diagnose and think things a lot, two times faster. You got to basically know before the play is about to happen. You have to have some type of instinct of where they're going and what they're about to do. And uh, my development in the playbook wasn't the same after going through three different coordinators in college or two different coordinators in college, um, learning something that isn't defense in college that was like resonates to the NFL. That was not defense when I played my junior year. Um, no offense, any, anything in college, but it just, it's just not something that we do like in the NFL. Um, and so when I got there, it was tough for me to adjust because I didn't really know anything. And, you know, as I'm going through the process, I get cut after my first year, uh, I went to the Browns. I felt sorry for myself. And I was like, man, what, are, what am I doing? Like, did I do something wrong? Did, did they like me? What, what was it? And um, I played the Browns eight games, get cut there because just not productive. And my whole mindset was not special teams. It was try to work your butt off to play defense. And that's all I cared about, which I did a really good job trying to learn the playbook and just studying and being back on it, learning defense, period. Um, you end up going to the Chargers, played the Chargers all last year, um, successful year. Um, now I'm at the Colts, but if I went back and told myself one thing was just stay on top, stay aggressive, love this, and treat it like a job. People say don't treat it like a job, but I treat it like a job because I'm passionate about it, and this is what I love to do. When you love to do your job, like y'all always have jobs, you love what you do, right? Like you don't sit there and wake up and be like, oh, I gotta go to work. Like, no, it's like, okay, I love what I do. Like I'm gonna get up and, and do my best to be able to serve people and help people. Um, but my role here, like I'm a practice squad player and, um, you know, very, I wish my preseason I could come back. I had a torn uh, lat. It hindered me. I couldn't play the last two preseason games. I played the whole first preseason game with it. Didn't know it was torn. Just kind of went through it. I was trying to, you know, at this point, you got to do whatever you got to do to make the team. And that was my whole objective. And so I played through it, didn't know it. They sat me down for the next two weeks and they, you know, I was blessed that they gave me the opportunity to be on the practice squad because I have a home, you know, I have somewhere to work. And, you know, my leadership now and the things that I've been focusing on is just making sure that I give these guys the right books, making sure I'm on top of my stuff. So whenever they go out and play that they're, they know exactly what's going to happen. And they're playing faster because they know that because I've, I've given them that look throughout the week. Um, and just making sure I'm prepared just in case something happens because with the injuries, with COVID, um, you can be called up right before the game. And yeah, it's just it's just really important that if you're going to be a professional or something, you treat it as a professional way, regardless of what your status is, because all that can change in a matter of seconds, obviously, in our field. But um, it's just always be good to be prepared because in the past I was never prepared and it, it hindered me. It made me a bad player, made me a lazy person. And so now I try to do my best to stay on top of everything. And, and that's in the community, community service. I go to every week. I'm, I definitely make time for that because I didn't have it at other places. This place does an amazing job with community service here. And I enjoy going to it every week and I try to give back as much as possible because I didn't have those opportunities in my first three years. And so um, it's been uh, a great place to be at. I love this organization. It's a great organization. Uh, I can't say anything bad about it, honestly. Man, that's real. Um, first, of course, proud of you, man. That's good stuff. And that's good perspective and growth. And it's funny, by the way, I was very, 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 very briefly in that organization. And that's the thing about the league that people don't understand. Two, two pieces of this. One, 
we're going to dive back into what your you talked about what your your week is like. Um, I want you to dive into a little bit more from a weekend standpoint. You know, you're preparing them on every level. That matters big time. And you can earn some respect uh, w- with those guys. And and it's seen. <laughs> you you know that in the league, they they care about it on, on, on every level. But even just being in an indie where they're having a community service, where they take care of business, man, how crazy is it? It's all the NFL, right? Yep. But how crazy is it the different organizations that you've been a part of? People don't understand <laughs> that. It is insanely. It's crazy. Though. This is easy to explain, actually. You think about Texas and how elite Texas is, right? You think how they have everything you need program-wise, yeah. players, blah, 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 whole nine, organization. Sometimes when at the top, you know how we had the issues where we can't win and stuff like that. The, the top still matters here. It's the top is the most important here. Your owner, your GM, and then your because your GM is going to make all your calls technically. They they bring hire and fire everybody technically. And then like after that, it has to be the guys on the team that have to have camaraderie. That's that's it to it. But there are some organizations that aren't organized. Um, it takes them. They hire and fire. <laughs> it's literally, like, in the, it's in the name. <laughs> it's, 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 literally like and they hire and fire people and they can't get things to click well you wonder why you're not giving people time how, you supposed to, how, am, I supposed to, how am i supposed to know johnny over here and and who his family or whatever you know just the whole dynamic of becoming a unit becoming a team becoming like together once see the this place is so good and and it's not reciprocating on paper or how we are, how good we are right now. We just have to click and you'll see it. When things click here, we'll start winning a lot more. But you see, we've been in almost every game that we played because Close. Just, exactly. It, it, it just has to click. And it's just one of those things. And the organization is so good and patient. The owner is so patient. Everybody is so patient. It's like, we're not going to panic. We're losing. Yep. That's fine. But we're going to do this one week at a time, one day at a time, whatever it takes. You go to other places, like okay, you're hearing the coach gonna get fired next week. <sighs> he's getting he's getting cut. He's quarterback not starting. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. You'll sometimes have a coach cutting dudes to try to cover his butt. He's exactly. like, oh and man, I'm okay. feeling the pressure. Let me cut this guy because he had to be the problem because we're not winning. Like it's 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 amazing in the sports world, the ultimate team sport, but in life and business and family culture. Is so big, and and that's culture to me. Start with your heartbeat between the ears, every your maturity, your level, your development. Culture is so freaking big on so many levels, and it it it, at the end of the day, to your point, it just makes you happy when you're in kind of a bad culture. Sure, you 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 mentioned you know you felt bad for yourself. I went through that a little bit because I was like, come on, man. When I got cut by Cincinnati, I I was the special teams captain. That's crazy. I was like. Time out. So we did this point system. Oh, yeah, Darren Simmons. I actually texted him the other day. I was like, bro. Oh, Darren, that's my guy, man. Darren is so I'll good. Play, I'll play for Darren. If Darren gets a head coach job, I'll beg to go play with him. I don't care. That, because he gets it. He is and how much of a leader he is. Yes. Great dude. Great coach. Great guy. And I, and I text him. I said, what in the hell happened in y'all game? And he was like, bro, I have no idea what that was when all the kickers missed Mason and all them. But, um, but, but really, he, oh, man, and he didn't almost quit. Like, he, he, he has a family to feed. But when Marvin cut me 
Darren was like, first of all, he didn't know. And he was like, what, what are we doing? He had a point system and I led every point. And he was like, this dude, what are you doing here? He's averaging 12.9 yards of punt return and 28, a kick return. I'm not sure what we're doing here, but that's a whole nother story. But the or certain organizations on a different level, it's just different, man. They, they run differently. They, they That's why some of them also not talking about one particular year. But if you look consistently, some of them win a lot more than others. And the some of them too. will have that one year they win and then they'll lose for nine, you know, because let's, I mean, look, let's look at Tampa Bay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 100%. I mean, you can you can Guys, look back yeah. at any team. You can look back at any team for the last 10, 15, 20 years. There's a trend with a lot of them that have the same ownership and have the same up top high level. I mean, we're talking about the Colts right now. They have been a successful team oh, in yeah. recent memory for the last 20 years. As long as we've been and alive. Not, and yes, of course, Peyton Manning was there for a while. He had Andrew Luck, but still they were successful last year too. And and there's a lot of injuries this season, and they've been in a lot of close games, but it's got to say something about the organization. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's great. I, I have no complaints about it at all. Um, and like my linebacker room, I'm competing against guys who've been together for four years. It's crazy. Like, they've been together. For, I said, y'all are probably the only room in the NFL. And it's, there's, well, so there's there's three years, two, three-year guys. Um, and then the rest are four-year. And it's six total on roster. So uh, so it's five total. Um it was three that are four years, and then the other two were um, three years. But I said, y'all are probably the only team in the NFL that even has that number. Like, yeah, even close to that. Like, because nobody else would have that. You would have guys hired and fired like yesterday, regardless. <laughs> oh, it's funny. I told somebody once, I said, I don't think you get it. I didn't know a lot of people on my teams in the league because of the turnover was so crazy. Yep. And then That's what nuts. people don't understand too that we're so separate. Like the offensive, you ultimately come together with team meetings, maybe a team deal, but you, you're really, mm-hmm. you never really see the other side. I mean, even I know, depending on the organization, even the lifting weights, it's so separate that that you just don't get to know a lot of the people. And for me, and I know Malik, you you all in Texas, the way we grew up in, at one Texas high school football, it's a brotherhood. Two UT, it's a brotherhood. Like it was so weird. That's why you have to turn it into kind of a business perspective because it's not going to be what we grew up playing for a long time. It's just, it's wild. We had Jason Campbell on our other program, maybe a year and a half ago. And we kind of got to the point like, Hey, you're a first round pick. Like why were you not the franchise quarterback? And he goes, the franchise, you know, like, cause he was a Washington at that point, Washington Redskins. And they were a dumpster fire on a consistent basis. So it definitely matters where you go. Um, you were alluding to it earlier, uh, Malik, some noise like up top and the separation between, hey, letting the coaches coach. Uh, I'm sure you've seen that like in Indy, letting Frank do his thing. Uh, was that probably the biggest issue at Texas you felt yeah. of why? Yeah, I, I, I'd love for you to elaborate on it. It, it was... When I tell you it was night and day, and I don't even know if people know this stuff, but it doesn't matter now. Like, we're here for I don't think people know this stuff, but the fact that Coach Herman came in, interviewed middle of the season, 
<laughs> we found out about it as players. Like, you know, everybody talks. Nobody's going to be silent. Found out that he interviewed my Coach Strong is still coaching. That's wild. Yeah. And and not to even pull the race car, but give the African-American man a chance. The man did not – we we asked for – when we first got there, we were supposed to get a new locker room. The stadium was supposed to be done. All the stuff was supposed to be done when we got there. That's the recruiting pitch. I hate when they do that. <laughs> um, Coach Herman walked in and all that got done instantly. I was like, "Why? Why? Like, we needed those. We needed the new locker room. We needed the the better stuff, the better equipment in the weight room. We needed all that stuff. Like, why couldn't we do it at that time too? It just, it just, it was a disconnect so much that it pissed us off as players." if that makes sense. And for me, I was a guy who was like, yo, you're going to tell me what's going on and like be truthful because we're in this crap together. And if you don't think we're in this crap together, then you should leave. Like you should, you should not be helping or or doing anything for this program. Because I was all in, I was 10 toes in all the guys behind me were, were, were going back for each other. We were doing everything. We even did the crappy off season with coach Herman. That was terrible. We hated it every second. Every second of it, waking up in the morning, having to use the restroom just to be hydrated. And no, we've joked about that on the show before. What? We had school in the morning. We up taking piss tests at six in the morning. We had no before six. Workout started at six. So you telling me I had to get up at five twenty in my inconvenience, <laughs> the restroom, my weight, drown myself with water. First of all, draining all electrolytes before I work out, just to make sure I'm hydrated. It's not even hot outside. Six in the morning. <laughs> um, just to make sure. <laughs> and then um, I have to go to class and do everything. Oh, matter of fact, if I lose, I got to eat this bad breakfast, which I never ate. I did not care. <laughs> Went off campus, got me to eat. Like, you're not going to do that to my athletes. Like, that, that makes no sense. That's not, that doesn't show me winning and losing. Winning and losing shows me on Saturdays. Show me that in practice when we're hitting, doing drills, officers' defense. That's winning and losing. Don't do that crap. That's why I get, that's why I get upset about offseason because – you get so enamored about this little competition, these little skill drills and stuff like that. That's not football. Right. Mm-hmm. Go out there and hit and, and play and cover and score touchdowns and get interceptions. Like, that's football. Yeah. And so I understand yeah. what they're trying to do and build. One of the goals of this podcast. Go ahead. One of the goals of this podcast we wanted to do was bring on players from different eras of, of Texas, right? And we've talked about the Mac Brown era. We've talked about the Chuck Strong era and Tom Herman. And you have the opportunity to do both. And it seems like from what I've heard, because I was under Chuck Strong too. I was a walk-on. And I can say nothing but great things about that man. But yeah. everyone that has ever been in the, in the Tom Herman era seems like they were pissed off. It's the most pissed off era of Texas sports, I feel like. And I, I'm, I'm a very – I'm religious, so I'm forgiving – you know, I'm very forgiving of everybody. And it took me a long time to forgive those guys, like, spiritually, because I just, they upset me so much as a person. I basically felt like I was not who I was supposed to be. And I was so focused on just playing, like, with my brothers when I was out there on game day and then getting the crap out of it. I didn't, I didn't want to be there anymore. It that was the first time, my, well, my sophomore year, because that was my bad year. That's when all the stuff that was going on in the, administrative part and everything like that. That was the first time I ever had to go see, I knew what stress was. 
I seen I saw a psychiatrist and I was like, am I going through something? It's like literally stressed, like on my body, feeling my body. And I'm like 19 years old, 20 at that. And I'm like, why am I going through this? The feeling of depression and just the, the, the emotions wrapped around it. And it didn't help when, <laughs> when we we had a coaching change. It, it didn't help. We we wanted him to come in and be like, hey, guys, I'm here for y'all. Let's work together. Let's be a team. Not, all right, we're going we're gonna to blow this thing up. <laughs> Start going crazy. You're going to do this my way. You're, no other way. Like, no type of commodity at all. And it's just like, that's exactly how I felt. I just, I was just tired. I, I didn't want to deal with it because it, it's just like he did not listen to us. We, we were willing to have somebody just motivate and lead us. Dead. That's all we needed was some motivation and some leadership, but it wasn't yeah. there. Well, I the mean, level that you're making my skin crawl. Go ahead, Toss. No, nah, I was just going to say, <laughs> that's, like, that's it, man. Has, I, I've never heard, there's not a saying that's, that says instability breeds success. Like, it's, that's not a thing. I can't think of any, there, there's a reason why there are franchises, right? There are reasons why we, why we deem specific sports teams franchises because they're winning about at such a high clip that they do it again and again. There's a reason why Nick Saban is one of the, he, he's probably the best coach in college football history, right? He hasn't sure. gone anywhere. He's still doing it year in, year out. Like this, the dynasty factor is so relevant. And I think that even more so in college football, because like you said, you're, you're 18, 19 coming into a locker room. Like, I don't, I don't care if you're a football player or not. Like there's something in, especially young men where like, we want to rebel a little bit. We, we want to challenge. And when a coach comes into the locker room, a new coach, especially hearing about what you're talking about, Malik, where, where y'all knew that he was coming in in the middle of Ch- Chuck Strong being y'all's coach, y'all's guy, that that rubs you the wrong way. And then when you're coming into that relationship and both parties are not at an agreement, it's going to breed even more instability. And so it's just, and it's something where as a coach for, for a college program, you have to come in and and be a leader of men, right? It's it's not enough just to demand things from your players because it, yeah. you yeah. you can you can do that in the NFL yeah. because you're you're the guys are getting paid, right? Exactly. Yeah. Pay, yeah, but, paychecks. And by sure. the way, you can do it in the NFL, but that's why it's so much dysfunction in the NFL too. Yep. Like just be right. real. Here, <laughs> it's not that's not a perfect thing either. It's that's like, not a perfect. Not peaches thing. and roses, man. How can you lead if you don't know who you're leading? If you don't take the time to get to know these guys and take a moment, what, what did everybody say? I don't care what you know until I know how much you care. I mean, it really is that real. Yeah. And what's funny, you, you talk about Saban's dynasty. He gets this rep because on game day, he's intense. I've talked to a million people who play from that man. And oh. there's a reason that you, what you don't see is Saban, which is funny because I, I heard uh, he jokes all the time about these nuts. which <laughs> I hear that and bust out laughing. So you don't hear that about, you know, about him and you don't hear him doing an electric slide. You don't hear the other levels of his leadership, which is why he's so freaking good, you know? And and then last but not least, you're dealing with all of that. And like I said, my skin was crawling because yes, I may have known some of that, but I, I it, it just, it's crazy. Then add y'all's era of social media. Y'all's era of people coming at you in every way, form, or fashion. But, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to just go play this football game for you, first of all. Not, not for me and my brothers, but for you and be successful at it. That's just not real life. 
it, it really isn't, man. I, I felt on so many levels, man, being in those locker rooms, being in those post games, and I crack up because people people say, why, why, why did you quit doing the radio? I was like, I wanted to quit that a long time ago because I feel what a lot of y'all dealt with. I was in those locker rooms. I, I care about all of y'all. Now, I didn't quit it now because, honestly, Sark is the bomb. and and, and I, But I knew it was a perfect time for transition because we have a leader now that that gets those things. He first did and came into a hostile situation with the eyes of Texas talking all of that. And he started leading instantly. Hey, man, let's talk about this. How do you feel? Where does it go? So that's the cool stuff that that I think and, and it, it excites me for what we're going and what we're seeing. We're not there yet, but what the progress we're seeing first and foremost, sure, in a coach, but certainly in a leader. Exactly. And that's I think that's why people need to just hold the horses on Texas, because you are you're seeing potential right now like that. People understand you're seeing raw potential. Wait till they put this all together and recruits. It will be a system that this man has created. You will see a Nick Saban happen at Texas. I believe so, because he knows what he's doing. He really does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the point about if you're a recruit and you go to this game, how can you not want to go to one of these teams? No, that was sure. that game was absolutely electric. There, there was almost nothing like it on, on Saturday, this past Saturday except there were a couple other uh, games that are now in our conference where we're joining, where we're going to partake and play in those teams too. So it's, it's more of that. It's the OU Texas game and it's even more. So if you're a, a, a guy that wants time to go out, to Texas, time you, out, hold sorry, up. Sorry, Texas OU. My, my bad, Q. My bad, Q. Okay, sorry about thank that. you. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> Woo, we got a traitor amongst us. What's oh, going on oh. here? The backs, no one turned. <laughs> no, keep your eyes behind you guys and sleep with one eye open tonight. <laughs> well, I got, oh, I got <laughs> my green lights. I got my oh, green lights. Okay, now he's got his <laughs> uniform right on. Benedict Arnold over here. <laughs> I get it. They won, but it's still Texas OU. No, I know you know that. Man, All that to say, you get to play OU. You also get to play, I mean, that Ole Miss Arkansas game was crazy. That AM right. Alabama game was crazy too. Like that's coming for the, the Texas Longhorns, and I'm super excited for it. Oh, yeah. I'm super excited for it. The vibes were good with the fans, I will say. I mean, Nick got Instagram followers from people in our section after we left. Like they liked him that much. I was like, damn, Nick, you got new friends, dude. I was like, <laughs> sweet. Sweet. I, I think I think one thing I could say that. If I went back and could tell the kids of Texas um, and just any college athlete, prepare, prepare all year like it's a playoff game. Don't just choose one game to show up and play. That's a good one. Choose every game to show up and play. Because that if everybody does that, that's how you win. You prepare every week the same to a high level, which I understand the school and you know, we don't even get me started on being a student athlete, but yeah. Like, if you can do that and sacrifice the time, it it would make your make your football knowledge better. You a better player and a leader. Like you would go in with the philosophy on what to do for a game, and you would be ready for the NFL because that's what it is. Because <laughs> you ain't got no room error here. You you it's week to week in this thing. Yes, <laughs> it is week to week. You can get cut. I can, they can call me right now and be like, hey, we need your spot. And for no reason, we need your that, spot. And that's the reality of what that is. And, and it's funny you say that because I people, I used to talk to a bunch of middle schools and stuff like that about 
the national championship teams and the, the way we won. We prepared in June and July, just like we prepared in January, getting ready for that game. And, and we knew that that's what it was going to take. And, and it was funny. And I like Sark because I hear a lot of talking about Big 12 championship and all of that. And, and we don't know if that's what it's going to roll to. We dang sure believe that we have the, the guys to get it done and the staff and all that. We didn't shy away. I promise you, Saban doesn't shy away from talking about the SEC championship because you're going to prepare on a level. You're going to be, you know, certainly uh, confident in your preparation. And again, every single day going against Ross, going against Griffin, going against Huff, we, we prepared as if, and you hear it, it's kind, of, it's kind of cliche, but the game time sometimes was, listen, it's football, it's never easy. But when you prepare at a certain level, like you've learned you have to do on the NFL level, it's not easy, but it's also not the strain of, I haven't been here before. And if you even think about the last game, I think the kids now learning how to prepare on that level, when it got hostile, when, when, the, when the wheels start falling off, there's some growth that needs to be had so that it's not, so you can stop the bleeding. So you can say, you know what? No, 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 no. This, I see what's happening. I'm going to now don't do it on a level that you you're going to do it all, but do it at a level that you raise your game. It raises the next person's game and the next person's game. And then collectively you make that three and out, you stop that drive, turn it into a you know a field goal instead of a touchdown and it leads to success and so it's those little things like that man when, when i when i talk so much when you talk so much about between the ears that development that level of development i think on, on so many levels is is a difference than where we are and where we hope to go and by the way we got an opportunity now to do it uh tcu road game texas ou crazy emotional insane game but you have an opportunity for the number 12 team to come to the home you got a week after it's a rest. It's a bye week. And get that taste out of your mouth instantly. Stay. And that's kind of that, that mindset and that preparation. You prepare great last week, do the same and add some to it because you didn't win. And that, that's how you win ball games and you continue to do it consistently. Number 12 in the country. Okay State. Oh, Okie State. Okie State is undefeated. That's what I'm saying. I said, you got another school coming to town who's 5-0. and oh, God. They have Oklahoma on their jersey too, so a lot of Texas cats. You, you can, hey, I mean, man. you can you can make up for it quick. I'm just gonna say this: we should have beat Oklahoma State my junior year. We had them. Their def- their offense did nothing versus us. It was 13 to 10. Remember, we should have won that game. <laughs> yeah, there was like there was a lot of nuts games when you were there, dude. So many yeah. close calls. I mean, like this past one. I mean, that's what we say about being like you know just the part of being a Longhorn. It is the biggest roller coaster emotionally of all time. It's never easy. It's never even like the TCU game where we were winning. It wasn't like smooth or easy. It's always they always have to grab your heart, look you in the eye and be like, what do you want me to do with this thing type deal? Um, But ending on some great notes, Malik, we always ask all of our guests this. uh, What was your favorite memory as a UT Longhorn? It could be from you playing in the locker room on the field, on campus, anything. Yeah, you got to go to another question. Let me think about that. All right. <laughs> well, we'll st- we'll good. Uh, look, I'm glad we're not getting a gut check answer and a thoughtful answer. <laughs> we could stall. We can move. We could cut around. That's the beauty of podcasting, baby. There's so many of that. I would say there's a lot of them. Um, 
maybe an overarching feeling because a big theme i will say if you want to kind of a little you know phone the friend a big theme with a lot with we had roy williams from ou on um and he just a funny anecdote that would be at the beginning of the show you said that you wanted to go to the fair after games and when he was playing for ou if they won they can go to the fair but if they lost they were not allowed to go to the fair and i I would would have loved to be something like that yeah Um, we can reward system I think, man, it's just, it's so much that happened in that time, me being like in school and and everything. I definitely say, man, it, it, you can't, the, you know, the big games we won, the, the Notre Dame game, the, the OU game, those are all awesome. But I just think, man, all the, the guys, the people I met in Austin, the people who, you know, my sophomore year when I was going through what I was going through, um, that still supported me. I definitely think the most emotional, definitely impactful time was when my mom came and we played uh, Baylor. Baylor was seven and zero. We killed. We killed their season that game, and I did not start that game. Um, but when I got in, like I, I felt completely different. I felt refreshed. Um, that so. Short story, my mom came in town because, you know, I told you earlier I was dealing with some stressful things, things I didn't understand. It kind of makes me emotional, but things I don't, I didn't understand at the time. And um, as I was saying, I'm, I'm spiritual. And so my faith was off balance and the things I was doing was off balance, man. I would, we lose, I'd be going out and hanging out, just trying to feel something. And, you know, that's human nature. You, I didn't know these things though. I'm, I'm just... I'm just 20 years old at this point, and it's it's human nature for me to be around people to make me feel better, not feel lonely. And my mom came and saw me. Um, we went to church. I met a new pastor, awesome guy, um, whole nine. I knew I wasn't going to start, but I knew there would be a point in time where I got in the game. Got in the game, fans cheered me on, felt so unreal, and I just played. And I had my best game that season. Like so you tackles. balled out. I remember that game. Yeah, I had like two sacks, two tackles, two and a half tackles for loss. I should have had a touchdown with scoop the score, but yeah. they said that he four progress or something. But it felt like taking a deep breath in life, and like I felt like a little bit of pressure was off of me, and I could finally just be a person again. Up until then, I didn't know who I was. I was just there, but for that story to still kind of like remind me now as a person what I went through, it's the same thing. <laughs> yep. You gotta keep your faith, you gotta you know, stay strong willed and you just gotta you just gotta keep pushing through, even if it's painful, you gotta keep pushing through and find a way. And that's what I'm doing now, just finding a way, doing extra stuff, staying on top of my books and just being prepared at any time. So it taught me a lot that that little small moment. So I definitely take that one. I like hard lessons. They, yeah. they impact me a lot more because when I'm mentally weak and when I'm struggling with things, that's the time where I'm processing and taking notes and reminding myself, okay, when I come back to this and when I'm doing good, remind yourself how to stay on top of it and don't let it bring you back down. So pretty cool. I, I love that, man. Sir. That was awesome. Thank you. 
That was great, man. Appreciate that. I mean, it's like one of those things. That, that's why the questions. Uh, I think it's a good question because you could look at that Baylor game, and be like, "Oh, we could assume you like it because you had two sacks." But that deeper reasoning, you know, we don't really ever get to see that behind, you know, behind the mask, behind the behind closed doors. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing everything, dude. This was a super open conversation. We loved having you on, man. Uh, wishing you the best out in Indy. Obviously, you know, one uh, we'll be thinking of you throughout the season as a fellow Longhorn. Um, and yeah, man, come back anytime. We'll be here. You know, hopefully, hopefully after a victory too, so we could be in <laughs> ever more rah rah spirit. Uh, but yeah, thanks for breaking down with us, man. Yeah, yes, sir, you. man. Always good to see you, fam. Tell Sam what's up too. Y'all keep grinding. Yeah, you know, yeah, man. Proud of you, man. Thank y'all. Of course, brother. Thank you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.